Welcome to Stories That Stir. Woohoo! They started farting one by one, is when I actually realised I'm taking this way too seriously. Welcome, I am so very happy to have you here. It's going to be an incredible night. So some of you don't know what Stories That Stir is all about and why I created it. Essentially, I created it to break down barriers, stir conversation and inspire positive change. Because I really believe that when we share our stories, exactly what I said, we get, give people the chance to open their site. It, all those invisible bonds that exist between people actually become visible and the fear we have and the judgments we tend to make about people, their situation, their race, their gender, just falls away when we get an understanding of where people are coming from. Tonight, I'm really excited about the theme. It's all about courage. I just think courage is such an important theme because as humans, we all have fears. <laughs> and a lot of us step through those fears. And when we do that, we evolve and transform as humans. And some of us take a lot longer to step through that fear and some of us never do. So I have a question for you. Has anyone ever used or heard of emotional freedom technique or tapping? Yep, a few of you. And how many of you use it to get by in life? <laughs> a few? Okay, great. Well, Arishma Sin is our next speaker. She is actually a keynote speaker, an author and an edupreneur who believes that the next new wave of thinking requires a fusion of Eastern ancient wisdom and modern Western science. She's the founder of Thrive with EFT, a company that helps high performers achieve sustainable success without compromising their well-being. Mind-body connection is Arishma's jam and her secret source to being a high-performing corporate woman. Hailing from the beautiful islands of Fiji, don't we all love Fiji? <laughs> Arishma came to Australia at the tender age of 19 with only 400 smackaroonies in her pocket. Um, she thinks in Hindi, loves to dance salsa and carries chilies with her everywhere she goes. Please welcome Arishma Sin. Thank you, Monica. Namaste, everyone. Thank you. Courage is something that I thought I was born with. At least that's what my parents told me. Because when I was born and I looked at my mother, it was very much a, a stare. I know what you are and I'm going to make your life miserable. <laughs> that's what she told me. So, like most Indian parents, mine also expected me to excel academically but because they were teachers those expectations were actually on steroids so I became a little bit obsessed around harnessing the power of my mind and even at the age of three I was able to negotiate and influence my parents to send me to school and they did by changing my date of birth from 1981 to 1980. They knew all the system. That's how Fiji rolls people. 
I had this idea that I needed to become someone. To give you some context, I actually come from a very small village town called Bar. There's no ocean. I don't know how to swim, by the way, until my Australian fiancé told me how to swim. So within that upbringing, it was very traditional Indian in a patriarchal kind of society. So I think you've heard a lot about that. And so this quest of actually becoming someone was really driven into me. And I had this idea that in order to become someone, I need to actually leave the paradise Fiji Islands and come to Australia and become someone. So unlike other kids who were interested in actually becoming friends with other kids or playing around, I created a timetable with lots of KPIs. And that involved waking up in the morning at 4 a.m. to study, and then help my grandma and mom with all the chores, you know, roti making, and the same thing after school, come and do all the chores and study. The weekends were about making sure that I did all the syllabus six months ahead so that I could become the topper at every single class and I knew that I was going to become the ducks of my primary school and ducks of the high school and then I'm going to go to a prestigious university, la 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 la. And it all came true because I was driven. I was a smart mouth as well and I knew really how to stand up for myself. I told my parents that just just pay for my first term university fees and I already know how much it costs in Australia. I'll work really hard and, you know, I'll pay my way. You don't need to worry about it. My mum, she basically put forward all of her superannuation money to just pay one semester's international student fees. At that time I was a brat so I didn't really recognise it, but now I do. Anyways, I come to Australia and can't understand anything anybody is speaking because the accent, I was like, what is this? I can't understand a single lecture. So what I did what I, I knew best, just come to the lecture three times. Maybe something will sink in. And it did. I worked 60 hours per week in various jobs, right from you know McDonald's, Kmart, on the call centres at night, selling massage, I guess machines, which to 80-year-old women who would, wouldn't call it that it was dildo. You know, it was back massage machines. So I learned a lot about the Australian culture and it's doing really well. Externally, I was ticking all of the boxes. Finally got the permanent residency, woo! And then, okay. What's next? Mm. As a woman of colour, I need to travel because that's what Aussies think that, like, you know, if you've travelled, you've done really well for yourself. So I need to tick that box too. And I did. I backpacked all of India and I was fifth generation Indian. My parents thought I was crazy, you know, because I've been watching Bollywood movies and they think that India is a really terrible place. So, you know, Gaurishma. And it was a fascinating experience for me. So as you can see that like 
It sounds all like glorious. Been ticking all these boxes, working for amazing companies like American Express, Nielsen Media. Ooh, got Google. Overnight, my salary has actually gone up double. And I used to think that $5 an hour was really, really amazing salary. So for a girl that actually came from a small village town, I was doing really well. I thought I had become someone. But those that were around me, they could see that this was all just external validation. My romantic relationships were nasty. I was still trapped in that little patriarchal society belief that men are supposed to treat women in a particular way and that's okay. They can abuse you, they can hit you and you know, you're just supposed to just continue on. Have that Fijian smile Bula bula, everyone. So I hid myself completely in my shame, and it showed in my weight, just kept increasing. But that wasn't it either. At the age of 28, I was taken onto the intensive care unit with something that I did not even know existed. Even they didn't know what's going on with me anyways after Quite a bit of trial and error. They called it pancreatitis, and I was placed kneel by mouth. That means no food and no liquids. You're just supposed to be sucking on ice for days. Um, I mean, the weight loss happened very naturally, but I was also pumped full of opioids at that time because even a slight move or even breathing was difficult. My lungs had collapsed, my organs were deteriorating, and I was fighting for my life without knowing what is the cause. For weeks, I struggled because I had become addicted to opioids, and that meant the hallucinations came. Spiders, insects, snakes, all crawling over my body. Darkness, the wall engulfing me and swallowing me up. And then these images of me just flashing right. Some violent, some dangerous, and some that I just could not recognize, but they're me. I wanted to become someone, and what have I become? Can you imagine completely losing all faculties of your mind? You know, I was Miss Independi. I could do anything, but right there, I'm lying in my diapers, in, in my own filth, just crying night overnight, feeling really sorry for myself. Angry, bitter, all the resentment, shame. What have I done? In the last 10 years, I have been to the hospital about 12 times and out of those three of them have been near-death experiences. Finally, during COVID, they figured out that I actually am missing a gene. So, it is a genetic disorder. But going back to the first time, when I had no idea and I had blamed myself that I must have done something wrong, I did not know how to cope, and I thought I was courageous. It was during a time when A few ladies were with me. They started farting one by one is when I actually realized I'm taking this way too seriously. After all, 
I am either going to die or I'll be okay. So I started farting with them. It was synchronised farting. <laughs> and that was the first time I started taking life a little bit less seriously. It's like, oh, I could just fart my way through here. You know, you're wearing that like gown so everyone can see your bum. I was no longer worried about my black ass. I was like, huh, I can chill. And that's how my journey into mind-body tools actually started. Because I wanted to understand my mind. Not from a place of KPIs that I was ticking, but really digging in to find courage. Courage to actually start saying no to those unhealthy relationships. Courage to ask for help rather than being too proud. Courage to be vulnerable. Courage to start telling my truth. Courage to be authentic. And the courage to actually go back to a little abandoned girl that I had completely forgotten. So my journey of courage has been an external one for a while, which I thought, hmm, really proud of myself. But now I understand courage is actually an inner job and I'm really excited to be continuing to do that. Luckily, I've actually got a fiancé who's a nurse. So these days, when I'm actually in that shitty position, sexy talk is all about the colour of my poops. So courage has been finding gratitude in times of misery. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you so much, Rishma. Some of you might be able to relate that during COVID, I found myself going into quite a lot of personal development work and working on my own mind and the way I think and connecting it to how I feel. And so it's really wonderful to hear your story, Rishma, because, yeah, it's by being in tune with, with your mind and your emotions and learning how to create uh, that you make, can make magic happen as you do, Rishma. So thank you. If you'd like to buy tickets to the next Stories That Stir event, the link tree is in the show notes. <laughs>